Okay, so it's uh, July 13th, day 712 of lockdown. These are more of my unfiltered, uncensored, unedited thoughts. Uh, quick thing before we start. I actually, this is my second attempt to record something today because I recorded something and I got all muddled and like upset and angry and sad when I was recording the previous one and I didn't want to put that out. Which is goes against what I just said at the beginning, which is unedited, uncensored, and unfiltered. Because I felt like the points I was making weren't great. Uh, because I was talking about stuff that I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert in, uh, and I've been thinking about experts lately. <laughs> right? Uh, there is a thing about being um, a member of a marginalised community. In my case, a couple, because uh, you know, intersectionality is a thing. Uh, I. I am a gay trans woman. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned that before. If I haven't, and you're shocked, oh my god, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but there's this weird thing when you are um, part of a marginalised community where you're expected to be an expert in everything to do with that that marginalised identity, right? And even things that you wouldn't think are. Uh, stuff you'd have to be an expert in. Um, like, I regularly get asked by strangers on the internet uh, how to deal with the issue of trans women in prisons. Right? And here's the thing, and this is a thing that I'm very comfortable saying, I don't know how to do, how, what, how to deal with the issue of that. Or the issues that might arise from that. Because I'm not an expert in how prisons work. <laughs> I, I don't really understand how prisons work. I don't know what the current rules are. And here's the weird, here's the wild thing. I think a lot of people need to admit more. I don't need to understand that to be a trans woman, right? But there's this whole idea, like, that um, I am expected to be all times an expert in biology in uh, society in feminism in um, like case, uh, <laughs> data on systemic violence uh, like I can't, it's an impossibly long list of things that trans people are always always asked about Right? Always. It's like, oh, well, what about this? And I'm like, sometimes somebody will say that to me, and I'm like, this is the first time I'm seeing this statistic that you've thrown at me, or this opinion that you've thrown at me. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. <laughs> right? Then people go, well, what about the, the case of the number of people who detransition after a thing? I'm like, I don't know to that. I'm, that's not my experience. You know, or uh, like uh, uh, so many other things, and you see it constantly. And it's not obviously not just trans people; it's anyone who's from any uh, like minority community or identity is constantly asked to be an advocate and an expert for that identity and it is fucking exhausting 
right? It is so exhausting. It's people just throwing numbers at you and going, well, refute this using science. I'm like, why do I have to? Why is that my job? There are experts out there who have done this. You can find their work readings. Just Google it, for God's sake. And the, the real answer to a lot of that is that most of the time they're not actually asking that question. They're trying to gotcha you, right? <laughs> it's this whole idea of, oh, you said, uh, you, you think that this is a... Uh, you're living this life, but what about this? I'm like, what do you mean, what about this? Like, how does it... <laughs> Stop trying to fact-check me out of existence. <laughs> it's really knackering. So that's why people... I've seen people before go, well, whenever I'm just... I say, um, whenever I'm just... Whenever I just ask a question of a trans person, they get really angry with me or they block me, and I'm like, yeah, we do. Because we're just asked questions a lot. And I'd say about 95% of the times we're just asked questions, uh, it's not in good faith, you know? It's someone who's just asking questions because they want us to slip up so they can prove that we don't exist. <laughs> and that's a weird position to be put in. So if there's anyone who I'm friends with who's ever asked me something, uh, about being trans or being gay, um, and I've and I've like given a deep sigh, or snipped at them, whatever. I apologise, but that's where that comes from. And one of the things about being an ally to minorities is knowing when it's okay to ask uh, ask questions, right? Uh, I've had lots of friends. I've had lots of amazing discussions with people who have like, because this because it's essentially it's not it's not started off with a hey here's a question I have for you. It's been like hey, are you okay talking about such and such area? And often like if somebody comes up to me and asks that, I, I I'm allowed to then say and often do. I actually don't know enough about that, so I don't want to talk about that, or I don't have the emotional capacity. <laughs> to talk about that right now. Or, I'll be like, yeah, no, that's re a really interesting conversation I'd like to have. Uh, with the caveat that I'm not an expert on this, or, <laughs> or you know, a million other ways. Rather than just being directly asked, hey, I read this thing, what do you think about it? My, my answer, if it's a new thing that I've not read, <laughs> will usually be, I don't know. And with the internet, how it is, and we have access to hundreds and thousands of millions of people, some of whom are absolutely experts in their field. It is wild to me that people will just proclaim things as if they are experts on things. One of the one of the huge things that I think has come out of the Black Lives Matter movement for me personally, is it's totally made me think about what the position of an ally is. And I'm like, my position is not to step forward and extemporise about how, what I feel about these issues, right? Which is what I was did, in, which is what I sort of almost ended up falling into the trap of doing in the previous recording of this that I made, that I deleted. 
that's not my job. I'm a very weight, <laughs> a very weight middle class trans woman from the UK. It's not necessary for me to form, like, to have a, um, a take on everything that is happening in America. What I'd like, what I'd like to try and do instead is to amplify people who are actually experts in this. So that's what I'll do just now. Uh, there is a, an incredible uh, person on Instagram called Sonia Renee Taylor. Uh, writer of the book uh, The Body is Not Apology, which is a book that I need to get. I think it's part of the big, huge, humble bundle thing that's going on at the moment. Where you can like pay like twenty dollars and get like a thousand dollars worth of books, and with all of the all of the donations going to um like uh, going to charities and like uh, funds to help people affected uh, by you know the movement and stuff, uh, which always seems positive. Uh, but yeah. Sonia Renee Taylor on Instagram, using that name, uh, is just a constant source of me going, cool, right, I, okay, cool. This is someone who is an expert, and I'm listening to them. And I think amplifying people who are experts is such a good, like to me, like that seems like a, a much better way of spending my time than trying to formulate positions on things that I am not an expert about. Like I say, I am not an expert about my own lived experience, right? I can share my opinions on how I have felt and what I have done. I can't, it's not empirical, right? It's not peer reviewed. It's my life. Uh, and if I'm not an expert, on the numbers involved in my own identity and my own life, there's no way I should expect myself to be an expert in other stuff. Like, I mean, you can become obviously you can do you can study it, you can write, read a lot, uh, you can do degrees in these things. You know, I have not done a degree in these things, and I have not read nearly enough. Uh, I'm trying to read more and like learn more, but I don't think I'll ever be an expert. I think. Like, uh, like, uh, it's not, uh, you know what I mean? That's not my aim. My aim is to help other people understand stuff by pointing to the experts, right? <laughs> even in the case of my own, sorry, even in the case of my own thing, like if somebody goes, oh, well, what are you going to do about this? I'll, I can link to somebody else talking about it, <laughs> right? And I think that's a, there's a thing where, um, because we have access to all of this information, there is a, there is a tendency in certain certain people in certain groups to proclaim yourself as an expert of things, and I think it's important to like remind ourselves that there is experts on stuff, like um, and not necessarily to agree with everyone, you know, like not to. See, just because an expert says one thing, one expert says one thing, doesn't mean it is true. Uh, it just means that <laughs> there is, like, that is where the discussion can happen. 
a lot of times I, I've been accused of this in the past and I don't know if I do it as much as people have said uh, I definitely have done it in the past and I've been working on it but I've I've been you know and but I still hear accusations of this especially online because it's complicated online because you can't hear um, you don't see like facial expressions or hear um, how things are being said you just uh, it's easily open to, uh, to uh, misinterpretation Mis and misrepresentation and deliberate misrepresentation which is always fun of that idea that um, I present my opinions as facts that is a thing that people have said to me in the past and something that I'm sure I have done in the past and something I've always been actively working against to make it clear that when I am giving an opinion I am just giving an opinion based on my own personal experience and stuff that I have read <laughs> right and even like that's what all of these things are at no point in the past 50 of these episodes of this uh, audio log have I stated have has anything I've stated been empirically a fact you know like it's my interpretation of stuff like very specifically these are my thoughts these are not the way the world works or what we should all 100% agree on and it's interesting another thing I was talking about in the previous one of this um, is the idea of empathy and I think it actually connects to this in certain, like, uh, intersects with this in certain ways uh, empathy a lot of people uh, got in touch with me recently because especially, especially when uh, last week I released, uh, released it as one of these audio logs that was about um, my uh, my experiences of friendship uh, as somebody with social anxiety and uh, how that comes together. And a lot of people, like, sorry, a lot of people, and more than one person uh, reached out to me to talk to me about that, which is really nice, thank you. Uh, and a couple of people... In that, in that correspondence, <laughs> referred to me as an empathetic person, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, empathy is interesting. As somebody who has OCD and uh, a bunch of other anxiety disorders and stuff, I have, in the past, and still to an extent to this day, fallen into the trap, I want to say, this is a weird way of phrasing it, or have experienced the world uh, through hyper-empathy, which is to say, <laughs> too much empathy, uh, to, to the detriment of myself, right? Because being empathetic is, I think, um, not a bad thing, right? <laughs> uh, I'd, be, I'd be reluctant to say that um, empathy is inherently morally good, Right? I don't think I can make that kind of judgement. Um, morality is very complicated. But I think trying to empathise with other people is, a, is generally a positive thing. Uh, when it becomes negative, as for me, specifically, specifically for me, as an individual, is uh, when uh, I... I'm caring more about what other people think than what I think, or caring more about how other people feel than what I feel, or p 
putting so much are putting so much effort into making sure no harm comes to other people that I actively harm myself. You know, like that's the that's one of the issues. Uh, OCD also leads to the idea of hyper responsibility, which is the idea that you, that I, <laughs> I see you, I've, I have personal, again, this is something I have personal experience with, uh, feel responsible for the happiness of others. And when I say others, I don't just mean like good friends, right? Because that's something that I think a lot of people can understand the idea of like, oh, I want to help my friend be happier. That's good. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I would be in a situation of I want to make sure. No, in fact, not I want to make sure. I am responsible for the well-being of every stranger I walk past today. And that's exhausting, <laughs> right? <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Can you empathise with that position? Uh, it was rough and I've worked on that a lot to realise that I cannot be responsible for somebody else's feelings no individual could be responsible for another individual's feelings that's not how anything works you can, your behaviour can have the consequences of other people uh, feeling a certain way uh, and you can discuss to what extent uh, like and and there's you know we can de- you can debate to what extent even internally or our with the other person that that is you or, or that is them, but you cannot fundamentally stop someone from being upset or or um cause someone to not be happy. You know, like that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how anything works. Again, you're, that's not to say your actions don't have consequences and you can't affect someone, but it's not just you. It's um the million other things that are going on in that with that individual and that's where empathy comes in i guess like you're like that's the idea of being aware that your actions have consequences okay like another reason like um and your actions can affect other people not that the control that they are responsible that your actions are responsible for another person feels the fact your actions can affect how another person feels and that's a, a, a significant difference that is sometimes forgotten uh, and another reason that empathy is something I was uh, interested in talking about today is that I was watching a streamer uh, on Twitch a live, uh, 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 someone who streams themselves playing video games who finished playing uh, The Last of Us Part 2 I've talked about The Last of Us Part 2 on these audio logs before uh, and I'm not going to spoil anything because it's an incredible game that I think you should watch. Watch? <laughs> Play? Hey, you can watch it as well. There are people who were watching this uh, live stream that I never played it. But there was a discussion about it afterwards. And this uh, is really interesting. Because I think a lot of people agreed. And this is, again, these are not uh, facts. These are people's opinions. This is art. You can't have a factual response to art. Right, <laughs> like that. My my interpretation of this of art can never be fact. It is an interpretation. It is my opinion of it. That's why how I how I believe that these things are. It's not like oh this is good objectively or this is bad objectively. Right, <laughs> that's not helpful or or thoughtful in any way. Um, 
but there was a sort of there was a tendency for people to believe this, and I definitely believe this to be the case. That it's a game that is about essentially essentially about empathy. Uh, I don't want to get into it too much, but the protagonist that you play is uh, somebody who suffers a great loss, and the antagonist uh, is the person responsible. And in this case, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, again, this right it comes back to responsible uh, for causing that. Um, so you go on a mission of revenge because it's a heightened world where violence is the response, right? Um, right? Um, uh, and it's a video game, so you go around and you kill people in order to get to try and. Get for the first one. It's a revenge. It's a, a revenge thriller, right? But the game constantly makes you, as the player, not necessarily the character you're playing at, and this is a re- something I find really interesting, aware through uh, some fun storytelling tricks of the consequences of your, of your actions, right? So there are times in that game where I will do something as Ellie, right? As your main, who's the main character. And I will pause for a second and be like, oh man, that was rough. What I just did is really not great. I know that I'm doing this for what is essential, what, what is, I know the reason why this character is doing these things. And I am, as the player, by extension, enabling these things to happen but I don't feel good about it there's points where I actively did not feel good about what the the character I was playing as did (laughs) the character uh, doesn't experience that the same way I do that's not to say they don't experience empathy whatsoever, they're written as a human as a uh, rounded 3D character three dimensional character pointed out that I've been a three-dimensional character rather than a 3D character, because yeah, they are 3D, it's a, you know, modern video game. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Um, they're a 3D model, of course they are. But, we are uh, watching this character. We are watching this character have these reactions and figure these things out, and we are also figuring these things out and sorting out for our thoughts on these, right? And that's how art works, you know? Uh, we tell stories um, to reflect and explore real the real world. That's what stories are for. They're not just, like, they don't just exist, like, I mean, evil even, uh, also, you know, they exist to entertain us and to, um, uh, you know, kill time. <laughs> but essentially what stories are for, what stories do, even if that's not what they're even if that's not what they're for, what stories do is allow us to reflect on real life things. And I find that fascinating. Uh, and I think the game does an interesting, a really interesting job at this. There's little things which are not subtle. Uh, there's a, a fun mechanic. <laughs> fun? Oh god, that's a weird choice of the word fun. There's a mechanic in the game that I find very interesting, which is that every human non-player character 
has a name. By which I mean, if you kill someone, they say you kill a guy on your way into, uh, you're breaking into a hospital or whatever, and there's guards outside and you kill the guy, somebody will see that guy die and will be like, no, Steve! And you're like, oh, <laughs> that's not just a faceless villain. That's a guy called Steve. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's not just a collection of polygons with a, uh, like, a sort of artificial intelligence that pushes them to do sort of sort of things. I mean, it is that obviously, but in terms of the story, that's a guy called Steve, and it's not like rocket science. Like, this isn't like like the most mind blowing thing ever to like as a way of making helping you empathize with these people but it, it's there you know it's not it's pretty on the nose at times sometimes you go man these people always shout each other's names when they die <laughs> uh, but sometimes it'll be something like you'll be sneaking up on somebody or on a group and you hear somebody go oh yeah so me and claudia are gonna next time we get leave we're gonna uh I'm going to drive her out into the country and I think I'm going to propose. It's like, oh man, that's really cool, Sandra. That's really nice. And then I'm like, well, no, you're not doing that, Sandra, because in order for me to get through here, I have to kill you. <laughs> and then later, I'll probably kill Claudia too. Um, and as a player, I found those things like, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I get what the game is telling me. These are other human beings with their own lives and internal lives. I mean, it's a very shorthand way of doing that. Uh, and then, of course, sometimes you run into play characters who are horrible people who have done horrific things. And but like, and you're like, well, do I still empathise with these people? And I think that's a huge part of empathy is that you can't pick and choose who you empathise with, right? Um, because empathy is uh, empathy and sympathy are different. Sympathizing is feeling the same thing that somebody else is feeling, right? Sympathy is like, oh, your uh, dog died. I had a dog die. I know how that feels. Empathy is, oh, your dog died. I've never had a dog. I can only imagine how bad that is, and that's horrible, right? Uh, sympathy is sharing. Empathy is understanding is how I, my therapist once explained it to me. <laughs> uh, so you can empathise with people who've done horrible things. The antagonist is someone who's done a horrible thing. Uh, but the game, and again, I'm not going to get into spoilers here, but if you know, if, you, if you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. The game goes to great lengths to show you why she did what she did. Uh through like flashbacks and other cool and other cool storytelling because it's actually I think really work really well. Um, another game that I think explores empathy really interestingly uh, is the game is sorry it's the game Red Dead Redemption Two, um, which is a fantastic game. Uh, like just a fantastic quality computer game. It's in, in this, it's a, it's a PlayStation 4 game from uh, Rockstar Games who do, like Grand Theft Auto and the first Red Dead Redemption. Um, and you play a cowboy, um, well, not even a cowboy, a criminal. You're outright a criminal. 
uh, in the Old West called Arthur Morgan. And the game starts, uh, your gang, your, the Vanderland gang that you've been a member of since you were a child, has recently uh, run into some trouble at, at an attempted robbery on a boat. <laughs> right? That's the fundamental, like, no spoilers, that's, that's how that's not. So, uh, but after you sort of f- run away from the consequences of your actions there, you basically, you get back to being a criminal. You get back to doing criminal things. Uh, robbing people, robbing stagecoaches, uh, uh, bank robbery, um, uh, fighting with rival gangs, you know, all these things. All, all these classic cowboy criminal things. <laughs> um, and one of the main antagonists in this game is, uh, and in the first game, is a government sort of like officer, right? Whose job it is to track you down. <laughs> like uh, a Pinkerton agent. Uh, actually, the Pinkertons, I, I said government officer there. I actually don't think the Pinkertons are government, are they? But anyway, uh, uh, someone whose job it is to enact justice on criminals. And you are a criminal, <laughs> right? In most of our shows or whatever, you would be the antagonist, but this you're not. You play as you, and you. It's interesting because again, like last was, and like other art pieces of art that are, like, um. Or art and entertainment. I I use those words interchangeably a lot. Uh, that ask you to do these things. You. Like. At one point, you're, one of your members of your gang is essentially a loan shark. And you have to go and rough up the people who owe you money to get the money. And, like, some of them will be like, I'm a poor farmer and, like, there's been a drought and we couldn't grow anything. We don't have the money. And you still have to hit them up for that money, right? And that's that feels horrible. <laughs> you're like, oh, man... And then through um, a series of events and the plot, Arthur starts to sort of, this isn't a huge spoiler, his views on survival and and being part of this community of the gang, because it's a family, essentially, change uh, in different ways. And it's fascinating to me, because there's so much of it, again, it's just about this idea of empathy. this idea that the more you interact with other people the more you're like ah what is what I'm doing wrong I think it is and a big part of this is um, another thing that my psychiatrist has told me in the past is that empathy is a learned skill human beings are naturally kind of empathetic right we are capable of empathy but it is a learned skill Uh, so like And because of that, like, if you grow up in a situation where you are emotionally neglected, uh, or abused, or impoverished, or um, isolated, or any hundreds of reasons why you are not in a position where you pra- regularly practice empathy, 
like you're not given space to explore that you end up not being as empathetic a person right and and that's not an inherently like this is the thing I don't think there's a inherent moral goodness to being empathetic I think it's something that is worth striving for because it can help you be a better person by causing less harm in the world I can totally see a position where Arthur Mor- this character, Arthur Morgan, who is raised by criminals, right? He is literally raised by criminals. This whole adult life, all he has done, he has done for his family, uh, and in inverted commas, the gang, uh, who are criminals, right? And questioning that is tough, right? <laughs> he, like, stuff... What happens and unfolds in such a way that you're like, oh man, the people who we're robbing, the people that we're doing this, these are people. Um, I don't know. I just think it's done very well. I also just want to talk about it because I haven't mentioned it on one of these before. <laughs> but again, I don't know. I'm not an expert. So, uh, hey. Uh, yeah, I think I've rambled enough, especially because I already did one of these where I talked about some of the same things. Um, but yeah, uh, stay safe, stay well, uh, stay home as much as you can. It's uh, helpful, and if you are going out, wear a mask. Uh, stay educated, right? <laughs> like, we can't all be can't be experts on everything, but we can certainly broaden our. Uh, our knowledge and our education and stay informed like listen to the experts <laughs> like truly listen to them pay attention to what they have to say especially if their experiences especially if their experiences are different from your own and um you know just try and do your best to not add harm to this world. Right? I think we can all agree that's a good thing. Okay, my name is Mara Dry. Thank you very much. And goodbye.